Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hey there, my name is Mike Prehom, one of the pastors here on staff at Rainier View Christian Church, and I've got kind of a weird question to start off. And, and if you think about all the different things that Jesus did while he was here on earth, is there something that he did that you wish you could do? Now, don't go all super spiritual and be like, oh yeah, I wish that I could die for everybody's sins. Like, cause nobody would really answer that. Like, I'm talking more like, I wish I had the ability to walk on water. Like, I wish I could do something like that. I wish I wish I could heal people. Like, man, if I, you know, and I'm, you know without having to go through 12 years of, of, of school to become a doctor, like, I wish I could just heal somebody. Or, you know what, like, I wanted to go on a hike later today, but it looks like it's going to rain really hard. I wish I could control the weather, like Jesus controlled the weather. Or, you know, there's this time that Jesus, like, you know, told his disciples to go grab a fish. Like, they went fishing, and, like, they pulled money out of the fish's mouth. Like, I wish I had a talent like that, or, or turning water into wine, or this, or this, like, is there something that you wish you could do that Jesus did, even if it doesn't feel very spiritual to you? Whatever it is that you answered, chances are, is if, if it's of a miraculous nature, it's probably not something that you'll ever be able to do. Now, not to say that God couldn't use you in that way, because God can obviously use anybody in any way that, that, that he can to accomplish his will. But all those things are pretty unlikely. It's unlikely that God is going to give you the ability to change the weather or turn water into wine or walk on water. Like he's, he's probably not going to give you that ability. But what if I told you that you have the ability to do something that Jesus did and that you can have pretty much the exact same impact that Jesus did during his three-year earthly ministry? Now, would you be amazed at that? You know, we're, we're in our second week of our series called Bless, and we've been looking at five everyday ways that you can love your neighbor and change the world. And last week, we talked about the, the B in Bless, which stands for begin with prayer, and, and the idea that if we don't start this process, if we, if we want to be a blessing to our world, it, it's got to begin with prayer and, and, and praying for others, seeking God in prayer first. Otherwise, we're not really going to be able to accomplish anything of any kind of spiritual value. And, and today, we're looking at the L in bless, and the L stands for listen. Now, if you have your Bible or the Bible app on your device, I'd like you to find your way over to Luke chapter 18. Luke is in the New Testament, so we've got the Gospel of Matthew, and then Mark, and then Luke. So Luke 18 is where we're going to be. And in this particular passage, we are going to see how Jesus avoids kind of giving into the two biggest reasons that I believe prevent people from really effectively listening to others. And as we look at Jesus's example, we are going to see how we can make the exact same kind of difference that Jesus made when he listened to others as, as we choose to listen to others as well. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 18, and we're reading verses 35 through 43. Let's check it out. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So as we look into this passage today and study it a bit deeper, I want to talk about two huge factors that could have prevented Jesus from really listening and hearing what this man really needed. Two factors, actually, that I believe get in our way all the time when it comes to truly listening to people. And, and, and I want to address both of these because I can guarantee you these two things have prevented you and they've prevented me from listening to others and therefore truly loving others and being, you know, being people who could be considered you know, neighbors to them and, and being a blessing to them. And the, the first thing, the very first thing that I think really prevents us from listening to other people are the pressures of our world. You know, the, the pressures that, that, that I feel and the pressures that you feel on a daily basis. You know, all too often, we don't listen to other people because we are so preoccupied with the stuff that's happening to us. All the things that are happening, it could be for you, it could be pressure at work right now. I don't know what's going on in your work. Maybe there's some sort of a deadline that you're facing. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, the numbers for the company, you know, they're not making numbers and so they're talking about layoffs or people are going to lose their jobs. Maybe there's pressure there. Maybe you're a student and it's the pressure of being a student at school and having to get all sorts of papers done and studying for tests and midterms. And if you're in college, it's that pressure of like, okay, it's my senior year. And if I don't get the grades that I really need this year, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get the kind of job that I want. Maybe there's pressure there. Maybe it has to do with some sort of relational pressure in your life. Maybe it's pressure, you know, things going on in your family life that's just kind of like creating that pressure. Maybe it's relationships with, with friends that, that, that's causing some of that pressure and, and makes it difficult to listen to others because you, you're feeling it. Maybe it has to do with money issues. And, you know, how, how am I going to get these bills paid? How, how am I ever going to get out of all the debt that I'm in right now? Maybe it has to do with, with health problems for, for you or family members, some sort of a loved one. And as you deal with those issues, it, it makes it hard to, to listen to others. And every difficulty that we face makes it hard to listen to other people. Sometimes it makes it hard to even want to listen to other people. Okay, if we're being really honest, some of the pressures that we face, I don't even want to deal with other people's stuff because of my own junk. Okay. For me personally, as I've dealt with my own personal mental health issues over the last few years, I know that it's been hard for me to sometimes hear the needs of the people around me. It, it, it kind of feels like this. It, it feels like I've got headphones on. And as I've got these on, like it, it feels like the music is up so loud in my own ears that like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to listen to you, but, but uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm tracking. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. All right. Am I really listening, though? Because there's so much noise from my own life that it's making it hard to hear others. 
And sometimes I just end up nodding my head, pretending like I'm tracking when I'm just consumed by everything going on in my own life. Jesus is right there with you. He's right there with me when it comes to that thing. I, you know, I, I want to prove that too, because maybe you're thinking, well, he's God. Like, he didn't deal with the stuff that I'm dealing with. And because he was God, like, he, he didn't have to really, like, be stressed about it because he, he was God. But, but I want to read a passage just a few verses prior to what I just read in this encounter with the blind man. I want to read this encounter that he has with his disciples going back to verse 31. Check it out. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. See, this is the pressure that Jesus is dealing with. The pressure that he is being subjected to, this knowledge that once he arrives in Jerusalem, it's not going to take long for him to meet a horrific end. Jesus knows what's going to happen once he arrives in Jerusalem. Can you even imagine, like, if you're on a road trip and knowing that once I reach my destination, that's the place I'm going to die? How are you going to operate with that kind of a knowledge that, that when you get to the place that you're supposed to get going, you will die an excruciatingly painful death? Can you imagine all the thoughts and the feelings and the emotion and all the stuff that you would be dealing with as, as, as you're traveling? And that's what, that's what Jesus is dealing with as he's traveling through the countryside. He's going through the city of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, for the week when he is to be arrested and put on trial and crucified. Jesus has some serious stuff going on in his mind, not to mention all the distractions of the city of Jericho while he's there. Because keep in mind, just about everywhere that Jesus goes, there's a crowd of people all around him because everybody wants a piece of Jesus and the things that he can do. But we see evidence of this in, in verse 36. You know, when this blind man hears the crowd going by, he can't see, but he can hear the commotion. He can hear all the noise of this crowd going by, and he asked, like, you know, what, what's all the commotion about, Michael? It's, it's Jesus. Jesus is passing by. And so there's all this noise, there's all this commotion, and, and this, this blind man on the side of the road is still calling out in faith, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, knowing what we know about Jesus and where he's going and what he is about to endure on the cross, would you really blame Jesus if he had just pretended not to hear this one voice amongst many voices out in the crowd? You know, just, just thinking to himself, like, look, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I can't take on one more thing today. Like, it's just, it's just too much. But despite all the things going on and all the things that have to be racing through Jesus' mind, we read the following in verse 20. Let's look at this again. Jesus stopped and ordered the man be brought to him. Jesus stopped. He stopped what he was doing in order to be able to listen to somebody else and to listen to somebody else's needs, to listen to somebody else's story. You know, if, if we want to be able 
to show the love of Jesus to others by listening to them, we have to first be willing to stop and give our full attention to them. Not, not this kind of attention where it's just like, uh, okay, yeah, go ahead, wrap, okay, wrap up the story. I got things to, like, no, we need to unplug of everything that's going on, everything that may already be going on in our heads and we have to be willing to listen even if our lives feel completely out of control. And, and I know for me personally, sometimes when it feels that way and life is out of control and when I'm dealing with my own struggles and, and own challenges, sometimes the healthiest thing for me is to actually put that stuff aside so that I can listen to somebody else, to try to be of service to somebody else. You know, and if Jesus was willing to stop and listen to this man, even as Jesus was dealing with his own major internal struggle, you know what, I, I think I can do the same for somebody else who's asking for help. Now, ironically, when we take the time to stop and listen, okay, when we set aside the first major distraction of like, you know, putting aside the pressures of this world to listen, we actually then have to deal with the second factor that makes it really difficult to listen to what the other person has to say, and that is the pressure to resolve. Quite often, when we start listening to somebody else and we listen to their problem, our brain, it automatically shifts, maybe not for everybody, but I know for a lot of us, our brains can shift into must-generate-solution mode. Somebody starts talking to me about an issue in their life or a problem that they're going through, a relational issue, whatever it is, and our brains can automatically start going to, okay, well, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. This is what I once did. This is how you should fix it. And, and we want to jump into fix-it mode. And when we try to jump into fix-it mode immediately, we stop listening. And a lot of times we, we, we want to help somebody and we want to provide solutions without actually taking the time to listen to the other person's situation or what the need really is. And it's really easy to do this when the other person doesn't know Jesus. Because as a follower of Christ, I can automatically jump to like, well, you know what the ultimate solution is? Like, if you have a relationship with Jesus, like, everything's going to be better. Which isn't true. Can I say that as a pastor? Yeah, I can say that because just because I made Jesus my Lord and Savior doesn't mean that my problems go away or they're automatically solved. But sometimes as a follower of Christ, if I'm talking to somebody that, that doesn't know Jesus, and maybe it's this way for you too, like the automatic thought is like, well, look, if you just put your faith in Jesus, things would be okay. There was a time uh, that, that I didn't know Jesus. I didn't believe Jesus when I was in high school. Uh, I attended church, but Jesus wasn't a relationship. He was just somebody that, that we, we prayed to on Sunday mornings. I didn't really understand it. And, and the friends that I hung out with in high school, they didn't know or believe in Jesus either. When I went off to college, uh, I, I put my faith in Jesus. I, I made him the Lord of my life. And, and after graduating college, I started to feel this pull to share my faith, which is a good thing. I wanted to be able to share my faith with some of those high school friends that didn't know Jesus. And I wanted them to experience the love of God like I had experienced. And so I, after, after graduating, you know, and starting to enter into the working world, 
I, I started to build up the courage to talk to one of my friends from high school, a good friend, his name was Jeff. And uh, you know, I worked in Silicon Valley, he worked in Silicon Valley, and I worked up the courage to go out and, and, and invite him to go grab lunch with me. Next week, we're gonna talk about kind of the E and bless, which is eating. So I was already on that step right there. I was gonna have a meal with him. During the course of the lunch, I was so preoccupied, and if I'm honest, nervous about sharing my faith with him that I didn't really listen to Jeff. Like we, we, we were talking throughout lunch. I know we had to be talking. We weren't just eating, but I couldn't tell you a thing that he had to say. And that's not that I didn't care, but I was so preoccupied with sharing the solution of Jesus that I didn't really show any concern for his life or, or what was going on. I just knew that he needed Jesus, and so I skipped the listening phase, and I jumped right into sharing my story. I probably shouldn't have been very surprised then when later on he didn't really show any interest in hearing more. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not guaranteeing that Jeff would have made Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior that day if I had done a better job of listening. Like I, I can't control that. But I certainly would have shown him the love of Jesus if I had taken that time to listen to show him that I actually cared about his life instead of just caring about you know, converting somebody, which wasn't really the only thing that I cared about. I cared about him, but I'm sure what came off is that I just wanted him to follow Jesus and that's all that mattered. I just wanted him to say yes. Now, unlike me that day at lunch, Jesus was an incredible listener. Jesus, I mean, out of all the things that he did well, <laughs> listening was right up there at the top. Um, Jesus asked Tons of questions. He asked so many more questions than he ever answered for people. He asked questions and he took the time to listen to the answers. Even though he was God, and, and quite often in Scripture, we see that Jesus knew what was on people's hearts. Like they, they could be whispering you know, across the room and he knew what they were saying because he, he, God knows our hearts, Jesus knows what's on our hearts, but Jesus still wanted to listen to people. He still wanted to hear what they had to say. And it's interesting because in, in this situation, I'm sure the crowd that is traveling with Jesus, they probably just assumed that this man, this blind man on the side of the road, he probably just wanted money because that's what blind people did because they couldn't work. I mean, they begged on the side of the road and they relied on other people to give them money. And so as people would pass through the city of Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, especially at the time of a major festival like Passover, you know, people on their way to, to, to going to worship God in, in the capital, like they're going to show their acts of righteousness by, by giving money to the poor and to the blind and, and, and to the lame. And so Jesus could have made this same assumption that, that everybody else was, that he was just asking for money. And he probably could have said like, Hey, Judas, can you give this guy a couple coins and then kept right on going? He, he could have done that. And it's interesting because in the last 2,000 years, you know, a lot of things have changed in our world. Some things have definitely not changed, including kind of how a lot of people view uh, people who are poor or homeless or destitute. And I'm not going to try to persuade you one way or the other in terms of the action you could take when you, when you pass somebody on the road in terms of you know, if they're asking for money. And I'm not going to tell you what you should do in that situation. But a lot of times what happens is that we either walk right by those people, pretending that they're not there, or we can pull a couple dollars out and give it to them, and then we just keep walk right on going. And that's a lot of times that's what we do. But what, what if instead of doing either of those two things, what if we took the time to stop 
and just to ask him a couple questions about life and to ask to, to, to really listen. I want to ask a question so I can hear your story a little bit more, so I can understand you more. Whether a couple bucks or not helps your life or not, whatever, I want to know you. I, you know, I, want, to, I want to show you value as a human being as opposed to making an assumption about what you're going to do with the money or what you wouldn't do with the money, all, all that stuff aside. See, that, that's what we see with Jesus here. He stops and he asks for this man, this distant voice in the crowd, he asks for him, bring him here. Now, Jesus could have made another assumption as well because he's God and he knows this man's situation and he could have made the assumption that this man was going to ask for his sight to be returned. Jesus had certainly healed many, many people by this point. He had healed many people who had lost the ability to see. Jesus had even healed a man who had been born blind. And I'm sure this blind beggar had heard some of these stories, which is why he's calling out to Jesus. And so it would not have been unreasonable for Jesus to ask the question, so would you like to see today? I can give you the ability to see. Is that what you want? But Jesus doesn't start there, would you like to see? He starts with a very basic question. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? He makes this very basic choice. I just want to listen to what you want right now. And I think deep down he knows what the man wants, but he's not going to make any assumptions. I want to hear what you want instead of just telling him what he needed. Now, this idea of listening well, maybe it doesn't seem as impressive as restoring sight or calming a storm or feeding thousands of people with a basket full of food. But what we see Jesus doing here in this account is something that each and every one of us can do every day. We can do this and we can do it as well as Jesus did just by taking that time to stop and actually listen. Because when we listen to people, we let them know that we value them. And in turn, we express the love of God. I want you to remember this, that when we take the time to listen to people and know them, that they will feel loved and they will experience blessing. See, if we wanna, if we wanna love our neighbors, we need to be listeners. We've got to listen, which means we need to, we need to get past the pressures in life that we are facing, and we need to not just jump into fix-it mode, again, which is very natural for us to do. You know, and, and the very best way to accomplish both of those things is just to do what Jesus did and ask questions. Ask questions and don't make assumptions. Ask questions and actively listen to what the other person has to say. Because when we hear people and we hear what's actually going on inside of them, then we can begin to understand what the real needs are. So there's a great story from this book called Bless. This book is what we've based this series on, so I, I would highly recommend you know, buying it. We've got some for sale, but you can, you can go on any major retailer and you can find this. It's an awesome book. And I just wanna share uh, you know, a short version of a story that's from this chapter on Listen. And there, there's this missionary group that they went to the slums of India and, and their desire was pure. They wanted to be a blessing to other people. And they had all these resources and they brought all these supplies and they go to these, the, these people in India living in a slum and they say, hey, we are here, we want to be a blessing and there's a lot of things we can do for you. We can, we can build a massive medical center 
You know, we, 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 can, we can put together something to be able to meet the medical needs of the community. Or, or, or we could build a school. We can invest in the future. We can invest in your children by building a school and, and, and ensuring that there's going to be education for your young people in this slum. Or we know that people need Jesus right here and right now, so we can, we can work on building a church and being a blessing in that way. All really good things. Their desire is good. And they presented these ideas to the people in the slum that they wanted to help, and they got a very curious response because the people said, well, what we need is a mailbox. A mailbox? That sounds really weird. Like, we're offering to build a medical center or a school or a church, and you want a mailbox? Like, that doesn't require any, any talent whatsoever. <laughs> like, we could, we could go to the local store and buy a mailbox and put it in, but, but what the people really wanted was a zip code. That's what mattered because once you have a zip code, they, they didn't have a zip code in the slum, and once you had a zip code, then the area that they lived in would be recognized on the map. It would be recognized as a place, and once they had a zip code, they would finally qualify for social services from the government. And so their real need was to be recognized as a place so that they could receive government support like all the other places that had zip codes. And so the missionaries listened, and they took on this, this project of, okay, we're going to help you get a mailbox. And it was a two-year process of cutting through all the red tape to finally get this area in India to get them a zip code. And it never would have happened if they didn't first listen to the people in the village. And so I want to encourage you to be, you know, you're, you're a missionary wherever you are. <laughs> Wherever God has placed you, you are a missionary there. And I would encourage you to be a listener, not to go in and to tell people what they need, not to go in and make a bunch of assumptions, but to go in and to listen to people. And so we want to provide a, a very simple tool for you to be able to do that. Online, we're going we're gonna to put a, a link up on the screen of just an online resource that's going to have some questions that you can ask people in your workplace or in your school, in your neighborhood, uh, in, in you know, wherever you play, in, in your gym, restaurants, whatever. And it's just a shortened list of actually what you're going to find in this book. Another great reason to buy the book is because there's a lot of questions that you can learn how to be a great listener. And as you go through that, that list of questions, I want you to star or underline just, just one or two or three questions that you can go and ask somebody this week. Again, just for the purpose of knowing them. Because again, once, once a person is heard and they feel known, then they can experience that love. And I want to encourage you to listen and to know somebody this week. Take the time to stop and listen, setting aside the pressures that you're facing and setting aside the temptation to go in and fix whatever it is that they want to talk about. And I think you will be amazed at how God can work through you just as he worked through his son Jesus as Jesus listened to others. Hey, thank you so much for being here this week, part of this blessed series. Come back and listen to the rest of the series as we talk about eating. It's going to be great next week. We hope to see you here. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at Rainier View CC and find out more about us at RainierView.org. Oh, 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 oh,